And in that moment, I love that Betty's like, fuck this. And like grabs Elizabeth and just runs, yeah. starts running with her. And I'm like, good for you. Has not even met this kid before, but is like, I'm saving this kid. We're doing it. And I was like, you go, Betty. So Betty uh, runs down the street with Elizabeth. Brawless yet again. <laughs> um, Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, geeking out over all the ghastly minutia, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey everyone. Hi. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Marion. We are going to be talking this week about Strange Invaders from 1983. This is episode 75, titled, P.S. I really enjoy this title, The Lady Said No Fella. (laughs) The tagline for this movie, of all the worlds and all the galaxies, why did they pick this one? I really want to say the lady said no fella to somebody at some point in my life. Sorry, I'm still hung up on it. You, you, oh, you will. I really do. The lady said no fella. And no one will appreciate Come, it but you. Yeah. But you'll be like, yeah. And that's just before I got my ass kicked. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What was the, what was the tagline? I'm still ho- focused on the title. Of all the worlds yes. in all the galaxies, mm-hmm. why did they pick this one? Um, we'll, never, we'll never figure out the answer to that question. Yeah. Really? Because we're it? Because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this film was written by uh, Bill Condon. Yeah. And uh, Michael Laughlin, also directed by Michael Laughlin. Uh, this is supposed to be the second in a trilogy. That did uh, not come to pass. did not come to pass. <laughs> so it's just uh, one of two. Yeah. Uh, Strange Behavior was the first film, also starring Louise Fletcher. Oh, okay. Who is in this one as well. Mm-hmm. So we have all-star cast. We have uh, yeah. Louise Fletcher. We got Nancy Allen. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Michael Lerner. Michael Lerner. <laughs> uh, Paula Matt. Um, uh yeah, uh, and and uh, there's also and there's also a lot of character actors that this movie is obviously meant to be kind of a homage to these kind of 1950s sci-fi films, um, all theremin scored, and, yeah. um, uh, very day the earth stood still. Um, so and it starts off with, but obviously very 80s. It starts off with this uh, thing that uh, flashes over the screen where it says, "It was a simple time of Eisenhower, twin beds, and Elvis from the waist up. A safe, quiet moment in history." As a matter of fact, except for the communists and rock and roll, there was not much to fear. Not much at all. Until that night. And uh, then uh, dun, dun, dun. we cut to Centerville, Illinois in 1958, where we have a teenage couple make it out. Yep. She sticks her gum on the steering wheel. And there's this, it's like intercut with all these scenes of just like 50s Americana where it's like classic cars, kids watching Ed Sullivan, like farmland at dusk, you know, it's like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? Um, a mothership showing up with mm-hmm. a smaller little flying saucer coming out of it. And um, then we'll just flash forward 25 years later to Columbia mm-hmm. in New York, uh, where we we meet Charles Bigelow, mm-hmm. who is our hero, who is a entomologist yes mm-hmm. that little side eye when i said hero the uh yes um yes. hero he's our hero um yeah and so they you know the um when the guy uh in the 1950s sequence the guy and the girl go home and everyone has disappeared so it's like this a thing where like everyone's disappeared strange invader title sequence and then yes 25 years later we meet charles and uh kind of guy who gives his dog coca-cola he's i think He's meant to be um, like the cool, self-aware 
professor? Because he's he? like, yes, because he cracks these jokes when he shows up where I'm like, hey, guys, so you're in my bug class, right? I bet you just want to be in the bug class because like prerequisite, blah, blah, blah. But look, here's some things about bugs. And I feel like he's trying to be but the cool he, teacher. Yeah, but he's like this elbow patches. He was played by Paula Matt and he's just. I don't it's so blank slate. Charmless. Yeah. Kind yeah, of I think magoo. he's supposed to be kind of kind of quirky. because uh, why else would you give your dad Coca Cola? A little quirky. Yeah. Um but, but he's, he's got like a like a girlfriend over who looks like she's a college student. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I think he's meant to be kind of super approachable and super kind of just like, oh yeah, easily identify. Like if I was a college professor, I'd be like this guy. But like, no, like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of things that happen to him in this film or the way that characters relate to him that I find a bit puzzling. Okay. And I think it's because the way this character is written and the way that he is portrayed are, are not in synchronicity. Okay. I think um, that's valid. This is my criticism. Um, So his ex-wife, Margaret, comes by and has to leave their daughter, Elizabeth, with him. And there's something kind of odd about Margaret. She's sort of a strange flat speaking pattern yes and she's just like weird my my mother died i have to go now thank you charles and he doesn't really and then he's like be like what is your deal (laughs) but instead he's like nah margaret (laughs) you know just weird um but she says she'll call and then she doesn't call and mm -hmm. they don't hear from her and Mm -hmm. it's been several days and elizabeth's starting to freak out yeah so finally and when he calls they can't get through to the city when he calls centerville where she's supposed to be Mm mm-hmm so he eventually decides to take matters in his own hand, mm-hmm. drive to Centerville himself. From New York. From New York. <laughs> Drove to Illinois. Wow. So it took him a little while. Took they him a glossed bit. over that car trip. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a plane would have been faster, but whatever. Um, takes the dog with him. Louis. Louis. Um, and he stays at an inn, drives into Centerville, uh, and pulls over into this inn uh, with kind of a strange uh, innkeeper um, who, again, is sort of like, you know, kind of looks at him like he's an alien. What are you doing here? And is not very warm or welcoming or normal. Um, tells him that it's $7 a night. To I don't know why I'm obsessed with money in old movies. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm obsessed because I'm like, what? <laughs> Inflation's a thing, yo. I know. Like it, the struggle is real. But um, everybody in the town also looks kind of 1950s. Yes. And this is 1983. We're in present day now. So the kids are like Bobby Soxers. Yeah. Like, but he, full on. he doesn't even really seem to notice that. Totally. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Which again, I feel like if you, the character is meant to be kind of like one of us, the audience, you'd be like, you kind of have this, huh. Hey. Like ask your question, but still be like, is it Halloween? Is there a yeah. is there a play? Like what's going on? But no, it is like the time the the town that time forgot. Like it definitely has that vibe. And he doesn't. He seems kind of so focused on like no one's ever heard of Margaret. No one's heard of her family. No one's you know. And he's like, Meh. um. But then there's this shot that happens. So you know he leaves the dog. They say that you need know, to lock up the dog. So he locks up the dog. And the dog's very uneasy. And he goes for a walk in the town, and you know see these kids, and then goes into this church, and then. He hears that the innkeeper's like creeping in on the dog from the window and then he hears this noise and runs outside and you have to help me with this. There's like this weird series of mm-hmm. shots, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Where it's like this tracking dog level wind shot that comes at him from various directions and then he like runs back right. over to the inn and the dog is gone. Uh-huh. But you're you're also hearing dog noises during the tracking shots? No what idea. What was that supposed to be? I think that's supposed to be uh, artistic flourish is what that's supposed to be i don't but know to like communicate what i like, don't know okay like something weird is happening but it's coming from all angles and he can't see what it is but also dogs being killed i i i can't tell you okay it was i was like all right i there's something he seems calm 
ish. Yeah. So if there was something really alarming zooming past us, you'd think you'd seen that on his face. Yes. Maybe not with this guy though, you know? Like- yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. What's puzzling about this film is we'll kind of go on is obviously, you know, there's elements of this film where, you know, massive love letter to these 1950s sci-fi films. But there's bits of it where, like, I can't tell if it's meant to be a parody or not. I think it is. But then, ah, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, so that shot felt kind of like a parody where you're like, what, what, what? What is happening? But then it's like, not everyone seems to be in on it. Yeah. And so it's just confusing. Mm -hmm. So, like, tonally, I'm like, what? You know? And then, obviously, later when we get into, like, the effects, the effects are like, wowza, you know? So not a parody? Um, Because a lot of the shots and some of the performances are very 1950s sci-fi. Right. But a lot of the effects and other things aren't and right so i'm confused it's bringing like not everyone's into, playing the same game into the same try to bring those things into the modern day would be my guess but yeah not everybody they needed to have like a cast meeting yes. where everything was discussed <laughs> this is what we're doing um and it would be okay so yes. charles uh starts to drive around to look for louis mm-hmm. and car breaks down so guy's like oh i could fix it and he's like i'll go wait in the diner and goes to the diner and is like hey everybody i lost my dog <laughs> silence no one cares mm-hmm. and then they all look out the window and the car explodes yep Basically. But I, I got to hand it to Charles here because there's a pretty, he pretty much quickly, quickly was like, okay. And just goes out the back way, yeah. steals the car, is out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, good. And then as he drives away, he sees, um, a, they have this kind of recurring shot, which feels very the birds to me, where it's like, he'll look out the window and it'll be like one person staring at him and he'll look away and then he'll look back and there's like four people yeah. and they don't show up in the shot. They're just suddenly there. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and it's like 10 people. And so a lot of, one of those people as he's driving away he drives past the person and they look like a human being from the neck down but they have an alien head with like these enormous eyes and they shoot like lightning out and uh the trunk and the doors of the car that he has escaped in explode and he like drives away um and of course when he gets back to new york he tries to tell me about it and nobody believes him and he also realizes he sounds crazy because like who's gonna believe that he goes to meet with the dean of columbia who has his grandson there with him during the meeting. Yep. I was confused by this part. And I was like, what? Why? We're never going to see this guy again. Like he has one scene and it's just like with random kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who basically just tells Charles like he's crazy. No, that's not a thing. Like I also like too that when people sort of say crazy things, they're always like, Maybe you should take some time off. They always like they always suggest a vacation. I think <laughs> like, too much stress has made you insane. Too much stress. Um, you also have that strange man and woman that show up in sunglasses out of a off of bus. Um, they arrive in New York and they have strange powers. Like they can open doors without keys and turn on televisions without remotes. Um, and you have the shot where he the guy's like in the bathroom and he you know, it's kind of itching his face and then rips off his human face, which is pretty gross. I would say the effects in this film are excellent. They are excellent. Yeah, the I ripping agree. face off stuff was brilliant. Yeah. And well I'm done. surprised it, it like the, the, the quality of the effects outweighs the quality of this film mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And I wish... And how often can you say that? Not very films, often. Yeah. But I wish there had been more. Mm-hmm. Like, we do get some, you know, more face ripping off at the end. Right. Like, there could have been, like, I just... It would have been a better film with more yeah. effects. I feel like there's so much, like, lulling, like, periods. Yeah. We're just waiting for the next one. Uh-huh. Waiting for the next face to rip off. <laughs> waiting like, for TikTok. that next face. Uh, um, but the, the grandson toting dean recommends that he go sees a friend of his mrs benjamin who works for a place called the national center for ufo studies 
dream job. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I, of course, like this sequence because we get to see Louise Fletcher for the first time, which is fun for everyone. Mm-hmm. Also, tab product, product placement in this scene. Really? There's like a big two liter bottle of like glass bottle of tab. Oh, I didn't notice that. I think I was her. so distracted by her fabulous hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very kind of like 1950s kind yeah. of curls and whatever. And yeah, in the beginning, she sort of uh, seems to kind of be, think like, whoa, okay, well, like, tell me your story all about it and blah, blah, blah. And then the more that she's kind of talking to Charles and showing him around the area, she's just like, look, like most of this stuff is just people drunk or whatever. And, you know. Can we talk about the folder that she shows him? Which she's like, here are some, yes. of, some of the pictures of people. Again, have tonally, like what? Yeah, some of the pictures that people have drawn of things that they have seen. And she shows him like ridiculous aliens that nobody's ever seen and then a picture of steven spielberg yeah and she's like oh haha sh- it's just an inside joke like wow and it what it, it goes on too long for <laughs> that, that, that kind of joke yeah but you know with louise fletcher fletcher when she's being nice and sweet you're always just like nah, what are you hiding yeah because <laughs> you're too smart for this yeah definitely um and so he's like oh, okay fine and so he leaves and then when he's out uh at a newspaper stand he sees one of those like national Enquirer like type newspapers that have a picture of an alien on it and so he goes it's to- his alien yes and so he's like well okay and so he goes to the woman who uh wrote that uh who's played by nancy allen who plays betty um, which again, Betty Walker is like the most 1950s sci-fi character name ever. Um, she works for the National Informer and tells her his story. And she's pretty dubious as well because she's like, look, we just pulled this old photo from like the archives and like just like made up the story. Like that's that's not a thing. Um, but then she proceeds to like fully hit on him mm-hmm. because his like elbow patches, corduroy loving self is too irresistible. And so... Um, she can't help herself but can't ask help him herself and, well, like, hey, and he's not, like not having like, it yeah I was like eh, I was a bit in the office but eh, maybe we go get a drink maybe a drink what do you think uh, hits well, on him pretty hard who, t- who turns down 1983 Nancy Allen yeah, nobody that's nope. what I'm telling you that's what, and again if like this character is supposed to be the everyman relatable or at least it gives you pause like I understand you're like knee deep in like aliens nobody will believe me but I feel like when 1983 Nancy Allen's hitting on you you give that a second look you yeah. know and he's just like not having it he's just like no no yeah. it's fine whatever there's also a, a elevator operator of the elevator they get into and the national informer building in <laughs> 1983 has an elevator like, that's a pretty fancy uh yeah tabloid you have going on there that's really funny how many elevator operators do you think there still are there's some in the stratosphere in las vegas oh really because it's like a hundred stories or whatever it's just an amazing job to write down it like is a good job. you do your taxes it elevator just, think about the apartment mrs kuberlink in the apartment yeah um so betty goes back to her house um where her, her apartment rather where uh we meet her super who is wallace sean <laughs> um his name is earl and um she uh is at uh in her house and uh a creepy blending <laughs> blending as you do for dinner um and a creepy avon lady comes calling and this lady again is straight out of the 1950s and she is one half of the aliens that had arrived earlier in the film and she's you know really persistent about trying to get her to like try the new products or whatever and she's so like overly made up and looks so crazy that and she's like no nope um but then she uh pretends to faint outside and it's like oh can i use your restroom um and she's like oh all right i guess and then goes in and doesn't come out and nancy allen's like uh lady lady not coming out and so earl comes back in uh to fix something for her and she's like um 
there's this lady in my bathroom who won't leave. Will you get her out? Which I was like, that's a big ask for your super. Um, and uh, he does. And she, from behind the shower curtain, zaps him um, with like, again, the same kind of electrical thing that they had in, that the other alien did in Centerville. Um, and so she comes in and sees him zapped and she's like, oh no, and like calls the police. But when the police show up, his body's gone. And so now she's crazy and Who's everyone's crazy thinks, now, Betty Walker. Yeah. And she's like, oh, wait a minute. Now you think I'm crazy. But, um, but then Charles shows up at her door and is like, hey. About that drink. About that drink. You showed no interest. Like that just doesn't make any Maybe sense. Maybe it was like a delayed reaction where like he got home and he was like, wait a minute. She totally said she won't have a drink with me. That scene would make me like Charles so much more. Like he went back and he was like thinking about it. It was like, wait a minute like that would be an amazing <laughs> scene super hot babe yeah. ask me out what am i doing moron <laughs> idiot um no, that'd be that'd be amazing so uh, they can we also just mention uh nasa allen is braless this entire film and there's so many <laughs> shots of her running braless uh-huh. if you're into nazi allen and want to see her running braless this is a movie this for is you the film for you it's just jiggle fest like you wouldn't <laughs> believe you're welcome fellas um so yeah so you know he so charles thinks that he led the aliens to her because he believes her story um and so uh he you know they they bail out um to take a taxi cab but the aliens have been like watching them and there's this funny scene where like one of the aliens is like playing an arcade game like killing it killing it it's like a galaga type game um completely kill it but he's also like over his shoulder spying on them so watches them get into the cab and take off um and there's and there's again a lot more of this 1950s score the score i mean again i love the score of like these old films and so who doesn't love theremin i know but every time you see you see like people with sort of stoic looking faces like in a shot and then you play theremin it's just it means one thing yeah. and i love it so much like it's just it's that simple it's oh, just like aliens. a couple of like oh they're clearly aliens yeah doesn't matter i mean it could be like little kids yeah. it could be like anything and it's just like nope aliens 100 percent um so i really enjoy that um so they go home and they're G- getting a little hot and heavy making out a little bit um and then suddenly who's at the door my wife uh, and she and nancy Allen's like wait wife uh and i'm out yeah goodbye doesn't um, wait for an explanation she's like ex-wife and she's like yeah right okay bye i don't think so um so hot and cold but yeah <laughs> um but i also like that uh again margaret continues with this uh flat weird voice performance where she's like i was supposed to find out how things were here oh i'm so sorry it's all my fault and he's like what what are you talking about um and then the aliens like and he and he says that he has to hide elizabeth they want elizabeth and he has to hide elizabeth until 9 p.m on sunday night specifically um and then the aliens burst in and like blow open the door um and the not only are they getting attacked, but Betty simultaneously has this amazing scene uh, in the elevator where she's uh, in the elevator and the aliens have been. They do a similar shot as in the birds where she's going down waiting for a cab. And then there's like what she looks over and there's a guy on a bench looking at her. And then she looks back and there's like three people at a bench looking at her. And then she looks back and then like the Avon lady steps in and she's like, bail, bail, bail. And she gets into the elevator and the Avon lady is preventing the elevator um, from moving because they With can, her mental powers. Right, because they can do that. And when the door opens, a shot rings out and the uh, Avon lady is shot in the chest because Nancy Allen has a gun on her. Good final girl was instincts, like, Nancy Allen. All right, 1983 New York, Nancy Allen. Yeah, hey, um, man, yeah. you're in New York in 1983. You're like, oh, this lady disappeared in my bathroom and it's killed true. my super. So, yeah, I'm going to carry a gun with me I'm ready everywhere I go. to go. But like weird green... Goo, watery blood like, gushes out of her chest yeah. in a torrent yeah and she's like oh wow. no oh, that's bad 
think I screwed up. Um, and so uh, Betty and Charles flee. And the movie also had a, f- I've always noticed some films where like Nancy Allen goes outside to get a cab and it's dark. And then they have the whole elevator bit. And then when she and Charles flee together, it's daytime. So they go back outside and it's daylight now and uh, they're running and Louise Fletcher pulls up in like a cab. It's like, get in. Um, and then off they go together. And then uh, Louise Fletcher says, okay, Okay, yeah, we know all about the aliens. They're real. They've been here for a long time. Um, they provide us with certain advantages, and we provide them with a place to live. Um, so, so it's like a government-sanctioned alien town, basically. Yep. Yeah, and cool I think the, I think the certain the certain advantages. It's meant to be very like Cold War themed. Okay. You know, like we're getting something out of it against the Ruskies, that kind of thing. Technology and whatnot. Right, yeah, uh, stuff like that. Um, But the aliens, uh, meantime, the aliens have been staying, I'm sorry, Elizabeth has been staying um, at Charles's mother's house. Played by June Lockhart. Played by June Lockhart. um, And the aliens have kidnapped Elizabeth. um, And they just like run in, they're like, they took her and they run back out. The pace <laughs> really <it>. picks <laughs> up in this film, which again is what I sort of enjoy about these like 1950s films is like when the chase element happens of the f- these movies, it's like a full bore runathon. Like everyone's, you're running, you get information, then you run to a new place, you get some new information, then you run to this place. And I always enjoy that. There's sort of like an adventure serial aspect of those films that mm-hmm. I really enjoy. And I feel like that's when this movie really starts clipping along, when it right. starts keeping up with that pace. And you're like, okay, movie, yes. Because then at that point, it doesn't matter how sort of bland Charles are, how like unlikely this relationship is or whatever. You're just, you're moving along. You got a thing to do. And and Charles and Betty escape. And uh, so Mrs. Mm-hmm. Benjamin's on the hunt and mm-hmm. they, she says to look at all the bus and, and airplanes, airplanes, airports. Uh-huh. And her minion's like, what about the train station? She's like, eh, nobody takes a train anymore. Don't be insane. So of course, where are they? On a train. Um, having a terrible conversation. There's like, yeah. it's very well lit. Yes. I could say that about that scene. That's yeah. about all I got. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very, like their chemistry, there is none. No. Like Nancy Ellen's given it all she got and she's yes. got a lot. She's a sexy lady, but uh-huh. Paul the Matt, I'm sorry. There's just nothing there. No, there isn't. No. And then later too, it's like the two of them are sort of like cut canoodling like in the train. Yeah. Like, they're in like one of those sleeper cars and it's kind of like, you know, oh, how's it all going to work out for us now that we're a couple and blah, 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 and we're facing the thing together. And it's like, no, you're not. No, that's not, you're not together. This is not a thing. And they talk about how much time they have left. It's 11 a.m. on Saturday. So they have 34 hours to like sort it out. And Betty has found uh, the letter that went along with that picture and they've tracked it back to a guy named Willie who mm-hmm. they find out has been in an asylum for quite some time. Right. Yeah. So they go and Michael Lerner, thank God you were giving your all to this film. I, I enjoy his whole story and again sometimes in these films you know you have like sort of this character flashback that's sort of meant to you know sort of make the big bad even worse or whatever um michael lerner's like flashback and this is like kind of like the heart of the movie for mm-hmm. me like i know we're supposed to be all team elizabeth but i'm like like team willie yeah like, team willie for I sure i need to work out for willie i would much prefer it if he was our lead yeah or if like he took over yeah like what if charles got it and then it's like willie's Those, doing the thing like, now late late movie hero switch i'm a fan i'm I, all right i could be into it um so he basically tells his story which is that uh he was driving with his family and then they stopped for the night back in 1958 right and they stopped for the night in centerville um and then they heard he heard a noise and he ended up going to the same church that charles went to and he found this weird trap door behind the altar and it led to this 
underground industrial space that he just kept exploring. Horror movies about a gun tip. When you find a horrible industrial space underneath a church, just go. Just be like, don't need to look at that because yeah. there's like weird noises coming from the end of the corridor. Yep. You know what you're going to find? People in lab coats with orbs, floating yeah. orbs. Yeah, like experiment with noises coming out of the orbs and he's like, what, what? And then of course they see him and then he's like, run away. Um, and then you have this crazy scene where like he runs home but like the aliens are there and they like in this order melt dissolve and then explode his kids into orbs and the blue orbs are like daddy daddy as they float away from him and then like his wife gets turned into an orb and she's like Willie, Willie, and then they all like float out the window yeah. and michael learn is just like a broken man yeah. where he's seen he's like what 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 my family are orbs now you could tell how that would make you crazy in yeah. about an instant be like you see a floating orb it's calling daddy as it yeah. flows past you You'd be like okay yeah done twang. And, and he attacks the aliens with uh, a lamp um and so uh they go out the window and you know, like basically he, you know, says, you know, flash forward to talking with Charles and Betty. And he's like, yeah. And just like you, I tried to tell everybody and nobody would believe me. And now I'm in a mental institution and have been for a while. Well, he said that they were, he was, they were like pursuing him and like making his life very difficult. So finally he decided to surrender. And yeah. Like this is his surrender that he knows yeah. the truth, mm-hmm. but he'll pretend that he's crazy to yeah. make everybody feel better. And by the way, kids, I'll see you later. Yeah. And they're like, Okay, Willie. Uh-huh. And then they get the car. And he's in the backseat. <laughs> and you're like, yay. Yay, Willie. Road trip with Willie. <laughs> We're so lucky. We are. Um, so they go back to Centerville. Um, and But there's a roadblock that's up ahead of them. And Benjamin, uh, uh, Mrs. Benjamin, who's Louise Fletcher, stops them and says, the aliens arrived 25 years ago today. And, or 25 years ago today. And so today's the day that they have to go back. That's the deal. And then Charles realizes that that means that they're going to take Elizabeth with them. And he's like, no, 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 no. So steals a car, chucks Louise Fletcher in the car, drives around the roadblock, chucks her out of the car, (laughs) keeps on going. It's a short kidnapping. It's a very short kidnapping. We just need you to get around this roadblock and then you're done. Get out. Um, So yeah, he finds uh, Elizabeth and uh, Charles and Betty end up getting captured. And I like the the, sort of the townspeople are all end up going back down to the industrial space and the alien leader uh gives them a speech like a big rousing speech i prefer the the term alien overlord alien overlord gives a very excellent rousing speech you've done a good job 25 years of experiments that's what makes me feel like he's less overlord and more Uh, leader because i feel like overlords be like all right you assholes get in the get in the thing we're leaving leaving." yeah (laughs) you're so lucky but he's like he's very positive reaffirms they've all done good work it's been a long journey yeah now journey's over um and so uh so yeah, and basically like they're and like oh we understand we're gonna have like a newcomer be with us because like one of our kind, i.e. Margaret, uh, has had a kid, and so like where's the girl? And they see Elizabeth, and in that moment, I love that Betty's like fuck this and like grabs Elizabeth and just runs, yeah. starts running with her, and I'm like good for you. Has not even met this kid before, but is like I'm saving this kid. We're doing it. And I was like you go, Betty. So Betty uh runs down the street with elizabeth brawless yet again um uh, she has a girl but no bra that's fine um and all the aliens are chasing her and willie shows up in the car but he realizes that the aliens can blow up the car so he gets out of the car and has all of them ducked down the car explodes and that's where we get the um the title of this episode where the aliens say just give us the girl we don't want to harm you and then willie stands up and says the lady said no fella <laughs> you do it so good i love it so much <laughs> but um, of course willie gets horribly mummified for turned that into an orb and then he gets turned into a blue orb yeah. and i was like no willie 
so many orbs in this film. I know. And so then the mothership arrives and like... A, Everybody su- rips their face off. Yeah. Super 1950s flying saucer comes out of the mothership. Everyone starts walking like through the corn to the field, uh, to the ship. And as they do, they start ripping their faces off and just shedding body parts yeah. like in the field where it's like hands, bits of legs, faces. Faces. It was pretty gross and it's pretty good. Excellent special yeah. effects. Well like, done. Oh, that's, that's really good. Not everyone does. Margaret keeps her face. Um, but a lot of them do end up taking their well, face. Because all the alien faces look the same. So it'd be confusing. It would be confusing. If she took her face off and you'd be like, which, which one is she? Yeah, that's true. The yeah. one in the dress, but that's okay. That's true. The um, aliens are like, you guys are racist. We do not all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a great big battle on the ship. They do. Laser battle. Yeah, because Charles and Elizabeth end up on the ship. And so Charles is like, for God's sakes, Margaret, like do something. And so Margaret starts lasering things and then tells Elizabeth, like, do what Bobby taught you. And then she starts lasering things. And then, yeah, it's like a big laser off. Um, and then they are able to kind of jump out of the ship just in the nick of time before it takes off. Except for Margaret, who's left to yeah. go off back to her home planet where she'll be exiled yeah. and tortured forever yeah. for betraying them. Um, and uh, and then all of these orbs start coming out of the church and the orbs start go- kind of going back to various parts of the town and then the orbs turn back into the people. So all the people that we saw in the earlier part of the film, the makeout couple, they come back as people. Um, Willie comes back. Willie's whole family comes back, and you have this amazing like reunion where they're like <gasps> crying. I Michael, bought all of it. All Michael of it. Lerner crying every single bit. I bought every single bit. Uh, even the dog comes back. But okay, so here's the thing: mm-hmm. the aliens are not so bad because they didn't actually kill anybody. They just kept them in an orb for 25 years, right? Um, but didn't PS explain that to anybody? Um, no. Uh, so they're not really evil. Kind of, but sort of. Right. But also, Willie's reunited with his family, but he's now 25 years older than they are. Yes. Creepy. Yeah. There's definitely that. What do you do with your life then? I mean, at that point, because he's been in a mental institution for like 25 years, he's like, sweet, great, like, best of all possible worlds, you know? Uh, But yeah, and also you have all these people who, they just lost 25 years. So like, they, when they last checked in, it was the 50s, and now it's the early 80s, and they're like... What? Yeah, what are you going to do with <laughs> what, the rest what of your happens? life? What happens? I wouldn't mind a sequel where they have to come to terms with yeah. that lost time. Also, the fact that Elizabeth's half alien. Right, and, and can zap things. Yeah, so is she not going to go over like, try to like get revenge for her mother? Or? Right. I mean, that's the thing. Because this was meant to be like this massive trilogy, I'm sure it was all thought out and yeah. all worked out. Um, Sorry, Michael Lawson. We'd like to see your third film. Yeah. How does it all end? As long as there's more Willie in it. Um, oh, Willie. It's really great. Um, so, gore factor. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five is run for that barf bag. Um, we gave this a three and a half. Just a little bit more than enough blood to gross out the average viewer. There's not a lot of blood, but there is a lot of faces being so ripped many off. Faces. And there's a lot of that like alien goo as you yeah. pull it away. And, yes. Like really gory, like not and gory, the, but slimy. Yeah. And the aliens themselves are kind of a sort of gross looking. Like they've got these, you know, I think someone says in the film, they've got these large obsidian eyes right. and their brains kind of seem like they're on the outside well, and it is sticky and skeletal and black. I'm surprised of. they don't do more with the bug connection because they do look mm. kind of insect like and he's an entomologist. Holy crap. That just occurred to me. Yeah. What movie? Yeah. But they don't ever really do anything. Like, he should know no. their weaknesses because he knows about bugs or something. Totally. No, that guy's then you have, That's the thing. It's because you have this whole class discussion 
And usually in these films, it's like the relevant thematic class discussion. Right. Not relevant at all. No, he, he keeps, could be a professor of anything. Yeah, he keeps bringing it up. I study bugs. And you're like, great. P.S. Bugs. <laughs> what PS is that going to do for you? <laughs> yeah, Nothing. That's really funny. I didn't mm. thought, hadn't thought about that. Okay, movie ratings. we got zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, ten. Fantastic Oracle. Um, you gave, we both gave this a two. Yeah. Barely qualifies as a horror film. I feel like that's accurate. I think it's not a horror film. I think it's a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. But I think that the gory, the face ripping off makes it lean into horror territory. I think everyone thought they were making a different movie. Yes, I think And right. I feel like the special effects guys thought they were making a horror film. Yeah. So they have like horror special effects rather than sci-fi special effects. Sure. And some actors think they're doing a parody. And right. some actors think they're doing like an earnest, you know, this is the story. This is where we live. Um, and so it's, you know, it's so all over the place that... You know, it's like if you'd kind of picked one, this thing could probably be a lot more enjoyable. But it's and again, like the story, it's very basic. It's very, you know, it's not crazy, but it it's confusing. It's yeah. tonally like it's not one of those confusing ones where they were going for something and they missed the mark. It's like everyone thinks there's different marks. Yeah. You know, so I, we would say if you if you want to watch a, like a, a 1950s remade into the 1980s sci fi thing, mm-hmm. the blob would be the way to go. I agree. Uh, which is I just agree. a better film all around. Yes. Uh, although, again, the effects in this not to be sneezed at. No, definitely not. They're really good. But yeah, still, it's just it's it's a little confusing. Yeah. Next week, yes. we're going to talk uh, about a film um, that was written by uh, two to the greats. So, someone I I might might like a little bit. Uh, you Mr. might have heard him once or twice in the podcast. Mr. Stephen King, um, directed by his buddy mm-hmm. George Romero. Yeah. So this is a a team up post. Yeah. You know, creep show. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people have heard of this film. Um, uh, this is 1993's The Dark Half, starring Timothy Hutton and Amy Madigan, um, which is a really interesting film. Yeah. And I really actually look forward to talking about this. And I think the combination of these two guys together, um, along with Timothy Hutton's performance, like some interesting things about this Oh, film. yeah. So if there's Stephen King, I'm in. Yeah. I mean, we know that. <laughs> that's all, that's all there is to George it. Romero, what a bonus. <laughs> we will see you next week for The Dark Half. See you then, guys. <laughs> <laughs>